Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. Work hard. Work hard and surround yourself by, with people who are going to support what you want to do, who want to support your dreams, and stay true to yourself. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. Hope everything is well. Thanks for listening. Uh, I got a really great episode, part two with Kimry Lewis. I know you're going to like it a lot if you haven't listened to part one. Incredibly inspirational. And I loved having her on the show. She was so great. Just felt like such a wonderful, wonderful interview for anybody who wants to be successful in this crazy business. She certainly was very, very inspirational. And before I get started, if you want to reach me, you can do so at Barry Katz at Twitter or Instagram or at my website at barrycats.com. And when I think about Kimry Lewis, I think about many, many things. It's very strange when you are around this business so long and and you meet so many people at so many levels of the game and you realize that it doesn't matter what level somebody is at the time that you meet them. What matters is the kind of work that they do along the way that keeps building and keeps fostering and feeding their career to move to higher levels on each given day that they're out there in the world trying to sell their wares, as I like to say. Our business is all about the sale. If you're an artist, you want to sell yourself through your talent. If you're a television producer, you want to sell your productions. If you're a film director, you want to sell 
the entertainment business on the fact that you are an extraordinary director and deserve more opportunities. What I love about Kimberly is she's worked with some of the greatest people, but she doesn't stop when one door closes. It seems like she just opens another. And if that door closes, <laughs> she opens another. We're talking about somebody who does stand-up comedy, is an actress, a director, a writer. She uses all the tools in her Swiss Army knife. And I think that's what it's all about. You have to figure out how to ride the waves, even when the waters are calm, but also when the waters are really choppy. And the pandemic has been brutal, but Kimri has somehow found a way to keep working. And it doesn't matter if it's in areas like television commercials or plays or episodes of Keenan, Keenan Thompson's new show. She continually figures out a way to insert herself in the entertainment world in all areas. And she's working with some of the greatest people throughout her career from Kerry Washington, to Keenan Thompson, to Craig Robinson, to Kevin Hart. She's working with some of the most prestigious networks in the world on television. I love how she has that level of drive and persistence. And when she walks in the room, she takes the room. When she walked in, I just... I don't know. I just felt like everything was going to be okay. And boy, was it. And if you can figure out a way to ride those waves, keep forging forward in every area of the business that you have a skill set for, and open up all the possibilities that are available to you in your career, and walk into those rooms with the decision makers and take the room, then I can guarantee you, you'll have an opportunity to work with some of the greatest people in the world and have the kind of career that Kimberly Lewis has. Here we go in three, two. This show will have laughter. I got everybody pregnant with Barry Katz and semen. I'm not comfortable with the tone this is taking. If you're undeniable, you will not be denied. If you want to be successful in show business, you get yourself a Jew white manager like Barry Katz. <laughs> Being a manager is just turning no's into yeses. Creating holy shit moments. Undeniable. You're fucking firing me up, Katz. I love this man. Is there anything else I should know? You're on. What? Out of the air! Barry Katz. Back in the house. 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 Let's do this. All right. I want to go way, way back. Ooh. Take me back to where you grew up. What was the socioeconomic dynamic there? Uh, and what was your first inspiration of getting into this crazy business? I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. Um, socioeconomic status of, of folks around there is... Uh, is not great. Um, 
And, you know, my mom worked a few different jobs to send us to a school outside of that area. Um, and so, you know, there's there's drugs. So we were we lived across the street from a halfway house. Um, there's gangs. Um, there's teenage pregnancies. All of that is, um, you know, was was part of where we grew grew up. My brother and I and my mom. Um, and you know, my mom eventually she worked at you know she worked as a news producer here in L.A. NBC News Morning News, and so I think a large part of us growing up, um, you know, she was aware of the dangers of the area that we lived in. So that was part of why she wanted to send us to to a different school. Um, but, <laughs> you know, we, we weren't really allowed to play with the folks on our block. Um, you know, my brother and I, we did a lot of, you know, inside games when Nintendo came out. That was, that was the jam. Um, you know, we're playing marbles in the carpet, which can be rough. Um, you know, so it's, uh, we would ride our bikes around the, the yard. We couldn't ride them around the block. Um, so that's, that's where it, where it started for me. And I knew, I knew I wanted to get into the business when, um, I think it started when my brother and I were doing commercials for my mom. You know, we would get dressed up with whatever toys we had, a fireman hat or a trumpet. Um, I remember we used a trumpet a lot. <laughs> it only played three notes. It's a plastic trumpet. Um, and we would do these commercials for my mom. We would go in and, you know, sell soap or whatever it was that day. And so what about your dad? Dad around? Dad was around. Dad lived in Linwood, which is adjacent to Watts. So, so your parents were divorced? or Divorced. Parents divorced when I was three. Um, but my dad was still a part of my life and still is. Um, he would get us every other weekend and, uh, you know, come to as many games as he could, as many performances as he could. So, And he also worked in news. Um, the two of them, that's, that's actually where they met. Your mother remarried? She did. She did remarry once. Did you like him? I didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> did you make his life a living hell? I did. I was very successful at letting him know that I did not like, uh, I didn't like him for my mom. You know, I think as a kid too, you like, especially if your dad is there, if he's been in your life, you're like, just get back with dad. You know, like dad's, he's here, you know, he may not be everything that you want him to be, but he's here and he's comfortable. And what about your dad? Did he remarry? He did. Did you like her? She's still here around. They're still living together. They still are married. And um, I don't know if we have the best relationship, but it's definitely gotten better as I've gotten older. Um, I appreciate her, you know, taking care of my dad in a way that, you know, I'm not able to do. So he lives out of state. So I notice, you know, there's a ring on your finger that mm -hmm. looks like you've won the Super Bowl. Is it harder to have an extraordinary personal relationship when you never had an example of one, mm -hmm. really? Or is it easier saying, hey, you know, I'm going for this and this is what we're not doing and this is what we're doing? 
That's a fantastic question. You should host a podcast. <laughs> okay, well, I'll try <laughs> to consider that. <laughs> You'd be really good. Um, I think it's harder. You know, we I never had that example um, of a, a, ma- a couple who's got married and stayed together. So um, I'm still trying to find it. I'm still trying to figure it out. I shouldn't say find it, but I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like, what that feels like um, for for me. Um, You're still trying to figure it out? Well, yeah. I mean, I think as, as you go along, you know. I thought once engaged. you have a ring on your finger, you figured it out. Oh, no, that's not true. I've been married and divorced um, before. Are so you still friends? We're cordial. We're cordial, yeah. Just out of respect for the new rela- you know, for the new people. You can't you can't still be friends with the old folks. You know what I mean? That's just I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. You gotta gotta keep that. You gotta end one to to gain the other. I'm curious about this. So yeah. Normally, as an actress, you're powerful. Your job is to make shit happen. Mm-hmm. Your job is to turn no's into yeses. Yes. (laughs) In a personal relationship, do you think you have the advantage over the other person because you know how to get the role? So in other words, if you want somebody, Mm -hmm. you're going to figure out a way to get them. Mm -hmm. And they don't know that. They think that they're in control, but they're not. I mean... He'll probably listen to this. I I think we do a good job of sharing that control, you know, because as much as as much power as you have as the actress, like you don't you don't necessarily want to be in control all the time. You know, you want to feel I've seen the act. Have you? Yeah, I saw the act about how you and your significant other, how it's different in real life, and and oh, that th- too. Th- that's why I'm here. That that's why I'm that's here. That I, I did here, my huh? research. Hey. No, no, that didn't get me. Okay, good. So what I'm saying is that I know that part of comedy is real life, so that's you got to figure out how you give up your. Condition. That's absolutely true. Like you, you want you want a guy to. I want a guy to be in control to to you know lead us and at times and then there's times where i'm like let me tell you something this is how we're gonna do it this is how these curtains are gonna be hung period end of story where are you on the drama scale zero being no drama a hundred being the most dramatic person in the world behind the scenes behind the scenes i'm really not that dramatic i'm i'm i'd say i'm probably a three Oh, that's good. Yeah. With the right person. With with other with shout out to my exes. With my uh with other people that I've been with, you know, I think you can you can always crank it up a bit <laughs> when you're with the wrong person. That's true. Right. So you're doing this stuff with your brother. Yeah. And reenacting things. But what are the things that inspire you? to start a career in this business. I watched a lot of I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy. Loved I Love Lucy. Um, and as inappropriate as sometimes as it was, the Tracy Ullman show for me was huge. Um, I loved watching those women 
be able to do the funny. Like they got to serve up the jokes and it was fantastic. Um, and so that's that for me. It was like, that's what I want to do. I'm not sure how I'm going to get there, but I want to do that. Got it. So Tracy and then I Love Lucy, Lucille Ball. Mm -hmm. And Whoopi. And Whoopi. For sure. Was the first thing you saw Whoopi the one-person show? That wasn't the first thing. I eventually did see it. Um, but I think the first thing I saw her in was um, was Sister Act. And then um, this, this movie, God, I'm forgetting the name of it, where she plays um, a, like a marketing exec and she has to become a guy in order to make it. Um, and she pretends to be like this white dude. Um, and that, that gave me all of the inspiration to do it in my career too. What stand-ups impressed you and inspired you? I did love her one, her one woman show. Um, Eddie Murphy, Delirious. I mean, it, it just doesn't get better than that. Um, I have a soft spot for Chris Rock. Um, it just, he, the way he combines political humor um, in a way that's relatable for everybody, you know, it's, and, and like, and does it in like a dope way. Like he serves it up in a language that I understand and is, is fly at the same time. Um, so those would be my favorites. So tell our audience your first gig that sort of helped you realize, okay, I, I guess I can, I guess I can do this. Yeah. I, I would say, uh, guest stars you know and what was the first one you did very first guest star i did was on a upn show called half and half of course you remember half and yes. half yeah well, it was back in the day um but i i played this tennis player who was very tomboyish and um it was a it was a multi-cam and i remember you know just getting so many laughs for this character that i was playing and i was like oh oh shit Six degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation. I want to mention some people. Yeah. And I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. People that you had a chance to work with who inspired you. Okay. I love this game. Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of a game in a way, but it's, it's kind of cool. Mindy Kaling. Oh, my gosh. So, so smart and so sharp and funny. Um, I I went out for a show, for her show, and I remember being so bummed that I didn't get this role uh, to play a woman who was like her, uh, like a woman who was just like Mindy. And I remember like doing my voice like hers and they were like so impressed in the room. <laughs> but they wound up booking me for another role, which was a recurring on her show. So. I have so much respect for how she's she's um, crafted her career. Terry Washington. Oh, wow. Um, so professional and talented and also smart. Um, I've worked with Carrie uh, on, on a movie. I've had the pleasure of co-starring with her in a movie and on Scandal, and she's badass. 
Awesome. Stand-up comedy. Ah. Love. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my Blueprint for Success, a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one -on -one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to barrycats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, we can take your career so far that one day, instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. Love and fear at the same time. It's, it's, it's comedy, stand-up comedy for me combines two of my favorite things, which is making people laugh in theater. I came from theater and, you know, it's being able to have that live interaction with folks um, is empowering. Directing. Oh, can't wait to do more. Um, you know, I, I we, we kind of talked about how when folks are tired of Kimri, the actress, what my plans are and directing is, is, has been such a great, um, extension for me to, to share my love of storytelling. Keenan Thompson. Oh, the freaking best. Um, Keenan is, I'm so grateful to be working with this dude. Comedic genius. Awesome. Fairy Sing cats. Single no. parents. No, I'm not going to remind me. <laughs> single parents. Oh, my very first series regular role that made it to air um, will always hold uh, such, such a sweet and soft spot in my heart. I loved working with all of those kids and the, the talent that made up um, the executive producers and the cast, the cast was, was really great. I miss those folks. Kevin Hart. So rich <laughs> <laughs> because he's a master businessman. Um, he has risen to the top of his craft and has branched out in ways that um, one can only dream. You know, it's his model of what he's set up should be like taught in schools because the man knows what he's doing. Like, it's not by accident. Craig Robinson. Craig's family. Uh, that's my brother. I, I, <laughs> I mean, to be able to have the kind of career that he's had um, is goals for me. He's also just a great person. One of the things about Craig that always fascinates me, mm -hmm. I always feel like his winning formula is, you know, I'm just going to do what I do. And uh, if they like me, they like me. If they don't, they don't. And I'm going to trust myself. And like, it always feels like he's just walking into a room and just giving them who he is. Yeah. Which is kind of, you know, 
that much confidence in how he can do things. It's it's really um, it appears effortless the way he does it. It's just seamless and um, and so funny. I mean, take your panties off. <laughs> like, you know, like who says that? Who just goes into a room of 300, 400, thousands of people and starts singing a song about taking your panties off? Craig Robinson does. Well, I think the thing about comedy that's so fascinating is that in this cancel culture, it's supposed to be the one last opportunity where you can go to work mm -hmm. and you can say whatever you want to say. And you can still walk out and have your job. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. It is supposed to be that way. It's a lot not like that. You go to these shows and a lot of times you hear people say things that are cancelable, mm -hmm. but they get away with them. Yeah. Because it's, it's comedy. It's comedy. But there's sometimes where you can tell it's even nervous for them. And, and like a lot of times... I'm not going to mention any names, but there's been times where there's friends of mine who are, are you know, huge comedians and they're doing huge shows. And they yeah. always say, listen, if you ever need anything, just tell me and we'll get tickets for you and, and set them up backstage. And the last time I did that for somebody who's like iconic, mm -hmm. they said, listen, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, Barry, but there's not going to be any backstage stuff. I'm not going to take any chances. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take any chances that I'm, you know, have my arm around somebody and they say that I touched them a certain way or I did this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. And so all those opportunities are for a lot of people, a lot of fans are, are not there anymore. And it creates inhibitions on stage too, you know? So I, I don't think we're getting the kind of comedy that we got back in the day when it, every everything was game. Well, this is where we are getting the comedy. So we're getting the comedy like it was back in the day from the people who don't give a fuck mm -hmm. and who have fuck you money. Yeah. So those people don't care they get canceled. Yes. Dave Chappelle, I truly believe, uh, again, he's not here, but I feel uniquely qualified to talk about it because I worked with him for a long time. Yeah. He didn't care about getting canceled. It's like, how is he going to, what is anybody going to do to take, they can't take anything away from him. They're not going to take away, you know, if he wants to do a film, somebody asks him to do a film. Yeah. If he wants to do a television thing, they ask him. And if they don't, he just tours and spreads the word of gospel of what he has. He's not beholden to anybody. He's in control. And so the people who have the uh, the fuck you money mm -hmm. uh, from their performances and their fans are the ones that give us those performances like Carlin. Mm -hmm. And because Carlin <laughs> never cared about film or television, he might have wanted to do it and he might have had respect in his mind that, hey, I love doing it. And I love working these gigs, but mm -hmm. for him, it was pure stand-up, and that's why it didn't matter. He could say anything he wanted to say. Genius. And I think some of the greatest people in the world who do stand-up, you find are fearless in that yeah, way. Yeah, totally fearless. Jim Jeffries is completely fearless, and he's been on television and he's done some films. But I know that he he feels in his heart like, hey, you know, stand-up is what brought me here. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm going to go there with my stand-up or I'm going to be taken down by it. And the routines that he does are so groundbreaking that... The goal is getting to that fuck you money, though. That's right. <laughs> You're on your way. I'll keep going here. Some weird things. Okay. Ready? Ready. Pretend to be your own agent. Oh, done that. Been there, done that. 100%. Um, we were talking about that Whoopi movie. I, I, will, I will still do that to this day. <laughs> I mean, um, it's, it's what got me to where I am. Um, I, I couldn't book, I couldn't buy an agent at the time. I had a series regular role that I had submitted myself for as my own agent. Um, had letterhead. I had interned at a casting office, so I knew what to do. I knew what they were looking for. So I put a whole package together, submitted myself for it, got called back. Um, well, they called my boyfriend at the time because I gave his number. And, you know, he was like, you have an audition. He didn't get any of the, like, the right information. So I had to, like, coach him on what to say when he called back. And, you know, I got, I wound up testing for the Showtime series. It was, um, it was Barbershop the series and you know when it comes time to test you know you have to do your deal before you walk in the room yeah, and they were like the test deal for six six and a half seven and a half years exactly and they wanted to know who's my agent who's going to be negotiating this deal or my lawyer and i was like you can just you know send it to me they were like henry we look we, <laughs> who's going to be doing this for you like at this point i guess they knew the jig was up and you know, so I had to, in a day, I had to find someone. It was a Friday. I was going to be testing on the following Monday. So I'm calling around to all these different agencies from, like, you know, the yellow pages. <laughs> like, I'm calling CAA. Like, my dad's friend at work knew, uh, you know, somebody who was represented there. So I'm calling them. I'm calling Gersh. And I'm like, hey, uh, it's Kimry Lewis. They're like, who? I'm like, I have this test deal with Showtime on Monday. Um, can y'all be my agent for it? And so many of them turned them down, turned me down. They all turned me down except for one. It was one of the, you know, smaller agencies. And I didn't wind up booking that, that role, but I did book an agent. I wound up booking an agent, but, um, yeah, you, you gotta do what you gotta do. To, well, to you did it. one of the smartest things that I would always recommend to anybody who's mm -hmm. an actor or an actress. You want to intern or get an assistant job with somebody who's uh, around those people, casting director, a manager, or an agent. It's yeah. just the, the greatest experience in the world. You see what to do, what not to do. Yes. You see the footage of auditions. You yeah. see the you might even books. be in the room with yeah. some of the folks auditioning. It's fantastic. Yeah. Do uh, do some work for free sometimes fantastic. until you get taken advantage of. True. Then stop. <laughs> Your proudest moment in show business. This is it. <laughs> Being on this couch with you, Barry. I mean, you know, uh, you are you definitely the, the worst actress ever. <laughs> I said you were the best. I lied. That was horrible. Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, 
radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business. I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to BarryCats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. I mean, but I appreciate the sentiment. I, I'm, I'm, I thought you were I'm about halfway, to cry there for a second. I'm halfway joke. I'm, I'm, I'm partly serious, though. Um, like the list of, you know, who's who, who's been on this show with you. Um, not just comedians, not just actors. Like, you know, fashion designers, you know, like I love music moguls. And, you know, people who've run networks. Um, so... You know, for me to to be here, um, to be, to have been asked to be here on this show with you, um, you know, it, it lets me that know that I'm I'm doing something right, and uh, so I, I'm greatly appreciative. Thank well, you you're doing a lot of things right, and uh, you are, and I always look. I think every show wants to have you know, the greatest person who's done every project known to man and is like lives on 16 islands in the Caribbean and mm -hmm. flies in by helicopter. <laughs> you know, it's always wonderful to, to, to interview a David Copperfield who's been number one in his field for 35 years. Yeah. But it's also equally amazing for the audience to hear the story about somebody who's you know, South Central. I'm in South Central Malibu. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> I'm like uh, sheltered. So it's like so, and to come up through that, and not to be allowed out of the house, and you're you're playing games inside, and 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 to move through that and get to this point where you're working with some of the greatest actors and actresses, and yes, and you're getting a chance to um, do things with really special people i mean it's it's why do special people want you near them special people don't want non-special people around them mm. extraordinary people don't want ordinary people hanging around them for seven fucking years this is true so when i i see that and just because maybe the world you know, doesn't know your name as much as they know somebody else's name. That doesn't mean that's going to change. And you know, I could change tomorrow. That could change next week. Mm -hmm. I could change a month from now. And I believe that it's going to change and get to that point because you have that. You have the paneling on either side of your your head. And uh, I can see that you see what the future is. And is that not 
That's not my, my wig that you're talking about. Right? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. I, I'm not allowed to talk about weaves. Okay, good. Good. Although I do have uh, um, African-American uh, clients who have told me that what happens is, is they, they, <laughs> they're dating a girl and every date and everything, the woman has this most amazing hair and look. And then the moment they commit and get married, they say that the hair goes away and they're wearing some form of thing on their head and they're like, well, where, where? Where, where's the girl I was dating? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it nowadays it's it's not just black girls who are wearing weaves and wigs and stuff. You know, all everybody's wearing it. All types of folks are this wearing is a weave. this extension. No. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> put it past you. No, this is my natural uh, grayish blonde hair. Oh, it looks great. Uh, yeah, but you know, the, the key it. is getting like the good stuff. You got to get the good hair. You know. I remember that movie because that was Lance Crowther and Chris Rock, Good Hair. Chris Rock, yeah. Did yeah, you watch that I movie? I did. I did. Yeah. It was great. It was it was groundbreaking. Um, you know, I think it kind of took a a peek back behind the curtain of what goes on in black hair salons and and like the upkeep and the maintenance that's required for 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 black women's hair and just like the, the you know, the beauty standards that we've kind of held in this high regard for so long. Um, but nowadays, you know, natural hair is in. So, you know, if you got a good weave or a good wig, rock on. If you're rocking your natural hair like you are, rock on too. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I got a couple more questions for you. Please. I promise you you can. Oh, please. No, this is great. I'm not in a rush know. to get back into that traffic. <laughs> What's your biggest disappointment in show business and how did you use it to fuel you to the next level? I love this question. Whenever you ask us this question. How do you know I, when I you listen so to this much. podcast? Mary, everybody listens to your podcast. What are you high on? Some kind of babinja weed? What's happening? No, Why would you I don't, listen to this I podcast? I don't do a binge weed anymore. <laughs> it made me call the cops on myself. That's episode two. Okay. Well, thank biggest you for listening. Biggest disappointment. Um, of course, it's a pleasure. I mean, it's you learn so much from the from your interviews. I went out for a pilot. It was a network pilot, and it was I knew I was right for this role. Okay, like you know, there's some it's like ah, eh, yeah, I could see why Tisha Campbell got this role or whatever. But this role is like oh, this is for me. And after my audition, it was the first time I've ever been offered a role, didn't have to test. They offered it to me and I was like, oh shit. Yes, of course you offered it to me because this is my role. We fly to New York, we shoot it the whole time. I mean, you know, I'm surrounded by like a who's who of producers, right? Like creme de la creme. They're all coming up to me and saying like, Kimri, oh my gosh, like you are killing it. Like you are thank you so much for being here fly back home the show gets picked up they call me congratulations the show got picked up and then a few weeks later i get a call from my agent saying i'm just going to rip the band-aid off the show is going forward but they're replacing you and they were like 
the casting, the head of casting wanted to call you and let you know, like, it wasn't you. And, you know, when those things happen, you can't, all you can hear is, of course, like, it had to be me, you know? Like, I'm the only part that's not moving forward. So what's wrong with me? And I remember quitting acting. I was done. Um, I went on this trip. I went to Jamaica. And I was like, okay, I'm leaving this in Jamaica. And I, as soon as I land, I'm getting all this stuff, these Google alerts with my name in it that's saying, like, who replaced me on this show. And it was like, damn it, I, like, I just got back from Jamaica. Now what am I going to do? I spent all my money on Jamaica. <laughs> like, I don't even have money for therapy now. <laughs> um, so I, I quit acting, told my agent I'm done. And... I started writing. Um, I submitted myself for this job and I went in there. I couldn't be happier to be going through pilot season, not having to audition for that stuff. And I was in the writer's room for the first time and I was just flexing muscles that, you know, I knew I had, but it was just like, it was great to be able to do it in this setting. And I wrote for my first my first episode of uh, of a comedy show, and it was for a Kevin Hart show, um, and it was the best. It was the best thing ever. It was great. Um, I mean, eventually, I, I did go out for an audition that that same pilot season, and I booked Single Parents. So I got you know roped back into it. I but... think you should send that other show Fruit Basket. <laughs> Well, it's not on the air anymore. So there, no fruit for you. Um, but that's the way the world yeah. works. Yeah. The world has a plan. It does. So if you hadn't gotten knocked out of the other show, you wouldn't have been on single parents. Yep. Yep. You wouldn't have written. Wouldn't have. So Would you got to look at have. all those things that happen. Yeah. I went back to school for, you know, to write, took classes and, you know, it got, it landed me there. So now I'm on another show that I completely love and I feel is is really right for me. Last question. What advice do you have for the young person growing up in South Central Iowa and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, who has these thoughts and dreams but, you know, doesn't know exactly what to do to take the journey and get to the kind of place where you are now in your career? Don't do drugs. Because you can wind up calling the cops on yourself if you get some bad drugs. So don't do that. Um, work hard. Work hard and surround yourself by with people who are going to support what you want to do. want to support your dreams. Um, and, and stay true to yourself. Like, don't try to be anybody else other than who you are. That's all you got. That's all we got, Barry. Kimry Lewis, it's a shame you did such a poor performance here. It's awful. I don't know how I'm gonna live <laughs> with this. I'm gonna have to go, I'm gonna have to edit around this podcast. There like, might be there might be six minutes in here after this. You I'm are used fucking to fantastic. So I can take it. Thank you. Likewise. You are unbelievable. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this couch time with you. You uh couch time. That's the new that's the new name of the show. Couch, couch time, time with Barry Katz.
but I really, really had an amazing time. I've learned a lot. And I, I, I truly, you know, when I said it was an honor to have you here, um, it almost seemed like a formality because after sitting down with you, it truly is. You are really special and great Thank things you. are going to happen for you. Thank you. That that means that. so much, truly. They're truly already happening that. for you. But they are happening. But it's like even bigger things are going to happen, if that's possible. It, I think it's always possible. All right. Thank you, my dear. Thank you, Barry. I really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you, All truly. Right. Don't care. stop doing this podcast. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get out the money. Drop that fancy car. All the people love you. You're going far. Life is for the dreamers They have all to gain It's never quite over Till it all feels the same You pick your own poison Dig your own grave Down in the valley Fortune Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to barrykatz.com. Before you leave... Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support, and have a great day.